This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, September 18th, 2016. Faith Steps, Perseverance. And so this morning we continue our series on Faith Steps. Today our focus is on perseverance. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you so much for today. It's a day that we have the honor and the privilege to come and worship your holy name. Thank you for the cloud of witnesses who have gone before us, who demonstrate faith, and to give us um, courage. And ultimately, Lord, you're the one who uh, gives us everything that we need, and you are our model and example. And so I would ask that you would help us set aside anything that might be of distraction right now and have a laser focus on your word found in Scripture. I pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and everybody gathered and said, Amen. 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 So faith. We see faith in action throughout the scripture. And, and there's a, a great focus on faith in certain books. Um, one such example is the book of Hebrews found in the latter part of the second part of the Bible, the New Testament. In fact, there, in Hebrews, there's one whole chapter, chapter 11, which faith is the primary focus throughout that chapter. The, the opening of that chapter gives us a definition of faith that's frequently heard in church world. Here it is. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It is through faith, then, that we are confident. We are confident in the things that we believe and that we profess to be true, even though we might not have seen those things even though we might have not directly experienced those things. Faith is opposite of doubt. Doubt, those times when we are not sure, where we don't have confidence. We believe what God has told us. We believe in the promises of God's word. His word found in scripture, through the experience of others who have, in fact, gone before us, what we call a cloud of witness. And so we can trust and believe. An alpha definition of faith is one that we really think boils it down. It's so awesome. Faith is taking God's promises and daring to believe them. <coughs> can you say that with me? Faith is taking God's promises and dare. Even though we dare to believe, it's not a blind faith that we're talking about here. Example here might be the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, even though none of us were there, our faith in that is based on evidence, not just blind faith. And in this case, we have the evidence of the disciples the disciples who were actually killed for their faith as they professed belief in the resurrected Jesus Christ. 
You see, the thing is, something definitely happened after Jesus died on the cross. Something definitely happened that was so compelling that his followers were willing to die for it, to give their very lives. That, that doesn't happen willy-nilly. Just There had to be something of value, something so compelling they were able, willing to die for it. And we believe that what it was was the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ after three days in a tomb, after dying, hanging and dying on the cross. And our faith then is not blind, it's not just whatever, but it's evidence-based. Christian philosopher Peter S. Williams, he says that the classic Christian tradition has always valued rationality and does not hold that faith involves the complete abandonment of reason. In other words, I'll use myself as an example. I have seen what God has done in my life. I've seen what God has done in other lives around me. And therefore, I have faith that God will continue in the future to be faithful as he has been in the past. And so, as we read again from the Alpha Guidebook, this time on page 24, faith is not a blind leap, but it's a step forward based on evidence. During this series called Faith Steps, we are looking at the steps we need to take to get ever closer to God. We're talking about up and to the right. This is our, our visual for this series. And as it happens, when the steps go up and to the right for us, that's symbolic of getting closer to what God wants for our lives, how our lives are lived out, God's hopes and dreams for us, that we can have courage to take one step at a time. Now, last week, we looked at up and to the right, and we uh, talked about perspective. I don't know about you, but my perspective this week is a little bit different than it was before last Sunday in regard to faith. We also talked about up and to the right, how that visuals there, but how it really our lives are like spaghetti around and around and around until we get, but we're still headed up and to the right. So last week, talking about perspective. This week, talking about perseverance as we take one step at a time. Let's take a look at what the definition of perseverance is. Steady persistence in a course of action, a purpose, a state, etc., especially in spite of difficulties, obstacles, or discouragement. Now, the Jones definition of perseverance is keep on keeping on, no matter what. Yeah, we like to keep things simple. Okay, so perseverance then is a concept that, that people from all walks of life have weighed in on uh, throughout the years and, and given thoughtful observations. Just to give you a couple of examples, we look at Helen Keller, and she said, abandon the road is not the end of the road. <laughs> I love this, unless you fail to make the turn. <laughs> you gotta love that. From the world of literature, Maya Angelou said, you may encounter many defeats, but you must not be defeated. In fact, it may be necessary to encounter defeats so you can know who you are, what you can rise from, how you can still come out of it. From the world of art, anybody a photographer, I love to shoot photographs. 
Henri Cartier-Bresson said, your first 10,000 photographs are your worst. This reminds me of a book I recently read that said you have to repeat something 10,000 times before you get really good at it. And then from the world of religion, this is a great one, Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, by perseverance, the snail reached the ark. You know, on one of them really tough, slow days, remember the snail. <laughs> remember the snail. And then the one from the world of nature. It's from H. Jackson Brown Jr. who said, in the confrontation between the stream and the rock, the stream always wins not through strength, but by perseverance. And a great example of that is right in the western part of our own country, the Grand Canyon. You know, that, that gorge that's been, been cut through that rock was the persistence of that river flowing through and over. Not hundreds, not thousands, but tens of thousands of years that, that perseverance cut through that rock. So the question is, what does the Bible say about perseverance? Well, interestingly enough, the word perseverance itself isn't mentioned um, a whole lot, like 1 to 11 times, depending on what version you're reading. But the concept of perseverance is in all of these pages of Scripture. Let's take a look at what Paul wrote to the church, uh, the Thessalonian church. We're looking at 2nd Thessalonians verse uh, chapter 1 verse 4. Paul writes this, therefore we ourselves boast of you, um, boast of you among the Christians of God for your steadfastness and faith during all your persecutions and the afflictions that you are enduring. Hmm. And so this version, the New Revised Standard Version uses the word steadfastness in that case. The New International Version uh, would use, uses the word perseverance. Uh, other versions use other synonyms. Whatever word is used in whatever version is read, the point is that Paul is congratulating this particular church, the Church of Thessalonica, on their ability to faithfully hang in there, even in the midst of challenge and persecution. See, that's what perseverance is all about. The idea of perseverance, as we uh, have already said, permeates the book of Hebrews. <laughs> and so we want to share uh, a scripture in Hebrews chapter 12 that illustrates this. Mm. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with, say the word, perseverance, the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of the faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. And so we are surrounded by everyone who has gone before us, the pioneers of faith, cheering us on, encouraging us by their actions, by their faithfulness, by their perseverance. Let not anything slow us down. Let nothing hinder us. Don't let anything get in the way of running the race that God has set before us. We run races 
but they aren't always God races. We must run the race that God sets before us. And we look to Jesus as our model. Jesus, who in his race endured the cross, the shame of the cross, and his prize is the seat at the right hand of the throne of God. That's the kind of perseverance we're talking about. Now see, the writer of Hebrews here uses a race metaphor to get across the point. Paul, the writer of, of much of the, many of the other books of the New Testament, second part of the Bible, also uses um, race metaphors on several occasions. And one of the better known is found in 2 Timothy 4, verses 7 through 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And here's the good news for us. And not only for me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And so many start the race. The challenge, though, isn't to start the race. The challenge is to finish the race. And that's because a lot of things can happen along the way. It's, it's not always a smooth run, an easy course, free from injury, free from challenge. It takes perseverance. Keep on keeping on no matter what. Check this out. The Austin Marathon on the men's side. On the women's side, it was Cynthia Jarrett, but the story is a little bit later. This unbelievable scene on your right is 29-year-old Yvonne Nagedich from Kenya. She was leading throughout the race and then literally hits the wall. Doesn't want any help. There's prize money involved. So she crawls to the finish. What an amazing sight. You know, Dave, sometimes we use that term, hitting the wall uh, loosely. But when you see it actually happen to a runner, you can see wow. what it really means. What a scene right there. She was awarded second place prize money for her heroic effort to cross the finish line. As uh, I think that announcer had a little wrong. I don't think it had anything to do with prize money. I think it had to do with gutsiness, with her being the type of person that was going to finish what she started, especially the race that she'd been training for for such a long time. It's because at the core of her soul, she had perseverance. Some very serious perseverance. Amen? Amen. Amen. So for us, our race of life is... And it's more like a steeplechase, an obstacle course, than a smooth running track. There are challenges in this race that we call life. Then it is a smooth running, straight arrow kind of thing. There are so many challenges. There are places where the track is not even. There are pits in the road. I went down to get my uh, phone because Turner our son is running in the Philadelphia half marathon, the rock and roll marathon right now. And I have this app where I'm watching him uh, along the way. And he started the race at 8.03. He crossed the 5K at 8.41. He crossed the 10K at 9.16. He just crossed the 10-mile point at 9.59. But I'm thinking as we run 
as he runs this race, like right now is the time where he's got to dig deep and persevere because he's got to be exhausted right now. He's only run 10 miles in his life. He's never run. Well, at one time. At one one time. In his life. Yeah, yeah. Not total. (laughs) That's true. But for me, it's like a metaphor right now of digging deep, of persevering, and that's what we need to do when the going gets tough, when we've got to dig, dig, dig so deep to just keep on keeping on. There is so much stuff in this world that we have to endure. I look out and I see your faces. You guys, as well as us, we're dealing with some tough stuff. You know, it could be health issues. It could be a job that might not be there, or a job that's just miserable to show up for. It could be some pretty severe relationship things. There's all kinds of things that we're all going through, but with God's help, we can continue to run the race, not check out, but to keep our eyes fixed on the one who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. We can overcome Connection Church. We can, because we need to keep our eye on the prize. We do that, the other option is to quit. Run the race or quit. When I was in high school, I went out for the track team two different times, and I quit both times. Um, I wasn't willing to pay the price. Now, I was much thinner then. I had good knees, you know, it wasn't that I couldn't do it. In fact, I could run through, I ran one day the two miles up to my house. The challenge is then I ran inside, grabbed the donut, and had my sister drive me back to school. <laughs> See, I wasn't willing to do what it took. I wasn't willing to do what a friend of mine did, who was like the state champion in the mile and the two mile, not willing to do what it took to run the necessary miles, to persevere in the midst of challenges. And so as a result, I didn't run the good race. I never finished. I never received the prize. See, that's what happens when we quit, when we give up, when we allow the obstacles to win. We all have obstacles. And when we're running that race, none of us know what's around the corner. But when we claim Jesus as our Savior, the Holy Spirit comes in and grabs a hold of us. And it's this supernatural power that we get so that we can, in fact, run this race, even those times when the obstacles are absolutely overwhelming, when the hurdles are horrible, when the barriers are beyond belief. If you're feeling that, you're in good company because there are a lot of us who are feeling that. I still am blown away when I run into somebody in the community and they kind of duck and hide so I won't see them and I catch up with them and say, are you okay? I haven't seen you. No, I'm not. Stuff is really messed up. I'll be back when things are okay. What is that about? That's not what we're about, Connection Church. Faith is not only our relationship. It's not this vertical thing. It's a community thing. 
We are in this together as a community of what? Faith. A community of faith. So even when every single thing about us wants to throw in the towel, we can encourage each other to keep on keeping on rather than quitting. In the July 16th um, edition of Guideposts, uh, a publication that shares the true stories of hope and inspiration, we find the story of, of an Iraq war vet named Brian Anderson. The story's entitled, His Fighting Spirit. Sergeant Anderson lost both legs and a hand in an explosion in that war. Here's what he says. He says, here's one description you won't hear from any of my friends, triple amputee veteran of the Iraq war. Now that description is accurate up to a point. Yes, I fought in Iraq. I was wounded in an IED blast, and I lost both of my legs and my left hand, but, but none of that defines me. It's been 11 years since my injury, and it has been 11 years since I last thought being wounded in war would ruin my life. So after the explosion, he was transferred to Water Reed uh, Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland, and he woke up after seven days of un unconsciousness. And he was stunned when he woke up at where he was, and also that his mother was at his side. It was very confusing until he realized where he was and what had happened. And it's some words that she said that <clears throat> Brian said that would determine the course of the rest of his life. Brian's mom said, you know you have basically two options here, right? Brian nodded, yep, move on or roll over and die. And she said, and you're going to and Brian said, move on. That is one tough mama. <laughs> Whoa. But that kind of tough love was necessary, wasn't it? Wow. He finishes the article by saying that there's a lot in the article. If you have a chance, I'd encourage you to read it. But he finishes by saying, I still remember that moment in the hospital <clears throat> when mom asked me what I planned to do, roll over and die or move on. You know, in a way, it's a question everyone faces at some point in their lives. Sometimes people have to ask that question every day. Now you know why my answer is move on, move up, keep going. What happens to you is not an accident, not a cruel twist of fate. It's the life God intended for you to live. <laughs> so live it. If you're anything like me, you'll live it at top speed. Yeah. Yeah. Google him. I just spent a lot of time getting to know him yesterday, and uh, fascinating and incredible story, encouragement, story of faith and perseverance. There's another article written by Diane Drew, and she wrote, uh, "Running the race, enduring to the end," and she points out that there are several aspects uh, involved that allow us to persevere, to keep on going, to finish the race. And the first is desire, desire. 
We have to have that desire. Turner had to have the desire, first of all, to run. You know, an athlete can do all the training in the world, but there must be desire to do so. And that's true for us as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ as well. We can do all the Bible study in the world. We can read and read and read. But we must have the desire to follow, to follow God, to believe, to have faith in God's promises no matter where God leads us. That's what perseverance is. Faith, daring to believe. And when we do, we can finish the race. Perseverance also includes preparation, and some of that includes what we do. Prayer, Bible study, devotion. But it also involves what God does. And that's because God knows what we need, and, and it might involve some things that we'd rather not go through. But they're necessary. For example, it might take time in order for us to learn patience. It might take some ego pinching in order for us to learn some humility. It, it might take some painful mistakes in order for us to learn the hard way. You know, Moses was 80 years old before God called to him through a burning bush to go down to Egypt and free his people from the slavery under Pharaoh. Abraham waited 25 years from the time God promised him a child until the birth of his son Isaac. You see, it takes time for God to prepare us, to prepare each and every one of us for that race that's ahead. And as I'm thinking about preparation, we're all in preparation every day for what that next step is or for what God wants us. We never get done with preparation. Perseverance, it also requires discipline. So we have desire and we have preparation and now we have discipline. That's really not a very popular word but it is a word that each one of us need to have a, a practice that we need to have. We have discipline. You know, we wake up in the morning, we have our breakfast, we go to work. We, you know, there's discipline, but there's spiritual discipline that we must have. Wake up, open our Bibles, spend time with God, go to work. And so there's a scripture, again, Hebrews 12, which we already uh, spoke of, but we want to pull out one sentence out of that. Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. Say the rest with me. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Lay aside those things that weigh us down, and the sin that clings so closely. Like shame and blame, waste and worry, unfaithfulness and unforgiveness, self-centeredness and self-condemnation, bitterness and bad habits, lust and laziness, addiction, adultery. The list goes on and on and on. If you're not sure yourself 
what your list looks like, prayerfully seek God's input. The Holy Spirit would be glad to bring a little light <laughs> to help you see where those areas are in your life. It is the disciplined runner that finishes the race. That is true for the faith, faith race as well. As I've already said, Bible study, prayer, not just talking, but listening, fasting. We don't talk a lot about fasting, but that's an important spiritual discipline, whether it's fasting from food or from TV or from our computer or something that we would normally do, and instead use that time with God. The spiritual discipline of devotion how about accountability? You know, in small groups, we, we can get all that, the Bible study, the prayer, the accountability. That's why we believe that small groups are so important because it's through those kinds of things that we are able to keep on keeping on. We are able to persevere through the challenges that we all face along the way and get ever focused on Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Closely aligned with discipline is obedience. You know, in our day and time, we, we really don't like the sound of that word. Obey is contrary to our nature and the freedom that we love. And yet, this is what we're called to by God if we're going to persevere, if we're going to finish the race marked out for us. It's through obedience to God that we're able to overcome the obstacles, that we're able to get back up when we stumble, that we're able to keep running when we feel like quitting. Faithful obedience to God is what allows us to stay focused, not get sidetracked, allows us to persevere, enduring to the end in order to finish the race. So the question we always come to, what about you? What about you? Are you taking God's promises and daring to believe them? If you're not, we challenge you to just give it a try. Just try it. It's at least better than what's going on now, really. Try it. Dare to believe in the promises, the promises that God has for you and for me. I have a purpose and plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. Those who hear my voice, you know, come to me. We need to know the voice of God. We need to know what God says. To follow, to believe, to have faith. We just need to take one step at a time. And remember, the steps aren't that nice and pretty. They're like this. And one step backward and one step forward and three steps. But just keep on keeping on as we all together move up and to the right that's our goal one more step a little bit closer to jesus christ the one who loves you beyond measure who gave his life for you so that you and me we could be forgiven and we could experience freedom are you living the life that God intended for you when God first thought of you? Maybe you're realizing that now. Maybe you're just taking one more step.
to explore what that's all about. We hope so. Perhaps today's the day to dare to believe in the promises of God. That's the challenge. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we, we thank you for the cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. The ones that we read in, in your holy word and the ones that we know, those people that we've heard of, those people that have been in our lives who have demonstrated a life of faith. God, help us persevere as sons and daughters of a most high God and help us persevere as a community of faith called Connection Community Church to live out our mission of connecting people with Jesus and the new life that Jesus offers each and every one of us. We thank you this day that you never let us go. And we pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered and said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church. Connecting